0: Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 121 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is translations. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always lost in translation, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B., how are you today?
1: Yeah, do I even have to talk this episode? <laughs> I mean, if I really ever make sense. Try translating me. Yeah. So if I am reading the calendar correctly and there's no given that I am because it has numbers on it, this episode is going out on July 19th. Which means there are two weeks left until my August 1st editing deadline for the co-write with Miranda McLeod. Why is it every time when you're like, oh, I got loads of time before the next edit. And then all of a sudden it's like that big flashing red light over your computer screen. Like, you really fucked this up. You need to get going.
0: I can't answer your question. It's just the life of a lesbian romance author clearly
1: so we're in crunch time so there's there's that going on i'm going through the final two episodes of girl love happens of season three um it's back they're back from the editor so i'm going through that and now that i am doing the rebrand and going through the final file i need to determine when to publish season three I don't know why. Girl Love Happens always falls to the cracks, so, like, usually I kind of have, like, a publishing date in mind when I'm like, all right, it's off to the editor, I'll publish it at this point, blah, 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 but I didn't do any planning on this one, so I don't know when to publish the damn thing. I need to, like, figure that out. I think I'm missing a big step in this process.
0: I was going to say, do you have a publishing checklist? Maybe you should uh, <laughs> go back and have a look at your publishing checklist.
1: <laughs> so not to rebrand or not all that, but actually publish the thing. So, yeah, I need to figure that out. And also, I am, I've been hinting for a couple weeks now that on iHeartLesvic in 2022, we are taking on a bigger project. And um, I am now announcing that to authors of what we're going to be doing is going to be a reading challenge for 2022 but we're going to pair it with um with uh giveaways in sales and everything we want it to be fun and i don't know if anyone's ever noticed on this podcast i'm very competitive so it's not a surprise that i came up with a challenge in each week well not every week but most of the weeks. I think we're doing forty five weeks out of the year. Um, there will be two subgenres per week. One of them will be a subgenre of romance. So like sports romance or age gap romance. And then the other subgenre that we will feature with uh different books will be they could still have a romance arc, but they're the ones that aren't the romance. So it's gonna be like sci fi, fantasy, thrillers, mystery, stuff like that. We're hitting up authors to let us know what subgenres they would like us to include. For us to take into consideration, and then we got to start devising the schedule because we'll. So, believe it or not, considering that the, the deadline isn't until January 1st, I'm already panicking about it because it is July, and so I need to devise a schedule and start doing all the planning with authors. So, it's going to be a lot of work. Um, we have some help on the back end, it's not just Miranda and I putting this together. It's going to be a lot of work, but I think it will be fun, and we all wanted to highlight not just. Um, romance. There's nothing wrong with lesbian romance, but we wanted to hi- highlight all the subgenres of lesbian fiction. So I'm um, hoping it'll be a fun contest. It's going to be some work.
0: That sounds good. People like reading challenges. I know Jay has done a couple, hasn't she, with the lesbian book yeah. bingo and um her lesbian one she's doing this year. Can't remember. Yeah,
1: and, and she did the crossword one as well, if I remember correctly. She's done three. That's something we're taking on. And um, yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons uh, Goodreads is popular, because they do have the reading challenges on Goodreads as well. Uh, readers can be competitive. so
0: Competitive reading. Would,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, you look confused. You're very British sometimes. <laughs> it's just, it's,
0: it's just, reading is something I do for pleasure and, you know, at my own pace. I, 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 I wouldn't react well to a reading challenge, I have to say, because I have to read a thing in, in a time frame. Like, I wasn't a very good member of a book club either because you had to read a book in a time frame.
1: Yeah, you hate being told what to do on every level, apparently. But yeah, so that's one thing we're working on. Um, And also, uh, I recently watched the movie Booksmart. Now, everyone, Listeners from this show, I think you told me. Everyone told me I should watch this film, and I resisted it. Because whenever everyone is telling me, everyone in the world is saying, you need to watch it, it's the best thing ever, I always feel like it's a letdown. One of the most memorable examples I can remember of this happening to me was the Blair Witch Project. And when I finally went to go see it in the theater, I'm like, is this a bunch of idiots running around the woods scaring themselves? I don't understand why this is so funny or Terrifying or anything, but I have to admit smart if that one lived up to the hype, that was a really fucking funny movie did you are you the one one of them that recommended it to me
0: um now i I have seen it, but I saw it on a plane, and so when you see things on a plane, sometimes they sink in and sometimes they don't so like I, I've seen that it's up on Netflix now or Amazon one of those so I might watch it again uh just to get the full experience because we bought a new tv so we've got a bigger telly now things jump out at it, you know not out at it out of it you know it's like more 3d we can watch things in high definition i know we have joined the 21st century our old tv was 13 years old so we needed a new one 13 years old yeah we've gone up 10 inches in size uh, and uh, and it's all like things are jumping out of the screen it's a bit scary watching telly now
1: I have a question. Did you get the telly before you started watching all the 2020 football? Was that the reason so you could see the action?
0: Well, no, we didn't. We got it halfway through and we did get it. There was a Saturday night game uh, and one of the weeks. And so we did get it with that in mind. But we have been looking at TVs for quite a while. It just gave us the push.
1: Yeah, we were surprised when we first moved to the UK we had to buy a new television because obviously ours wouldn't work there because of the plug differences and so uh, this is one of the first differences we noticed about britain as compared to the u.s uh, this was back in 2011 so we went to a place and we ordered a tv and we asked them to deliver it because we didn't have a car and in the u.s when they would deliver a tv they would like carry it upstairs and like hook it up for you oh, but when no. we got delivery that day yeah, they just sent us a text message. Your TV's in the fucking lobby.
0: <laughs> no, uh, no, no setting it up. Yvonne and I got it out of the box, and then uh, my lovely wife set it up. I did always used to set up the TVs. I can do it. But now you don't have. to. No, I don't well, have to, so it's fine. Back to Booksmart, but yes, so you finally watched it and you liked it, so that's good.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was one of those movies where um, it kind of made me uh nostalgic for like the teenage movies we grew up with, like the John Hughes and everything. And it was just—it was smart, it was funny, it was lighthearted. I mean, there's some inks, obviously. And the acting, I thought, was pretty good, considering so many of them are so young. And it was just—it was just a fun movie, and it was an original storyline, which I've been watching a lot of Mar- Marvel movies. Which don't get me wrong, I love the Marvel movies, but it's pretty much, you know, good guy, bad guy, good guy wins. <laughs> that's that's the arc so this one was this was entertaining i would recommend you watching it when you're not in your airplane stupor
0: okay i did watch one recently um which was similar and it just reminded me because you said uh, you wanted more movies like john hughes movies and this one referenced john hughes movies a lot and it is a new uh sort of ya movie it was from 2011 so it's not that new but new to me and it was called easy a uh and it had emma stone in it and it was really good
1: I just wrote down the title, if I cannot lose this piece of paper, which you never know, I will look into it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's the kind of... We did summer uh, reading last week. This is the kind of summer movies I like as well. So I guess I have definite moods when it comes to the seasons, that's what they're called I think, seasons.
0: Yep. Well done.
1: And you don't. (laughs) You don't. You're just always rom-com.
0: I'm always (laughs) rom-com, yeah. (laughs) What season is it? Rom-com season.
1: Yeah so how's everything on your side besides the new telly that
0: you can actually see now I know got a new telly that's very exciting uh, I've got new glasses so that is also very exciting um my eyesight had gone way down so <laughs> it'd been 4 years actually since I got a new prescription now I did get a new prescription um just before covid hit but then covid hit And so then I just kind of forgot to get, you know, everything was shut. So then I just forgot to get it. And then I went to get my eyes tested. And the optician was like, these are like really old prescription. It's not the one I gave you last time. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I I blame menopause and COVID. It's a lethal combination, everyone. So, uh, yeah, got new glasses. Um, Unfortunately, I haven't got a new knee. That's still fucked, but never mind. I'm going to the gym. I'm trying to strengthen it. Uh, My personal trainer, who is also now my mate, uh, she is um, giving me... Stuff to do, exercise to do, so that's good. But that's it. Uh, so, yeah, new TV, new glasses, not a new knee. Boo. But uh, in work news, uh, it's July the nineteenth. So uh, next week, Big London Dreams is launching. <laughs> so it's up for pre-order. If you can't wait until it of you can order it right today. Uh, I would because it's fantastic. Obviously, it's my first foray into historical lesbian romance, um, and yeah, it's uploaded to all the various channels now. So I just have to hope. Fingers crossed that it all goes fine, and on July twenty eighth it will drop.
1: Yeah, so all the files, like the final file, was uploaded. Cause I know for a while you have to have like a placeholder file, but it's it's the final version that's uploaded.
0: You don't actually need a placeholder file anymore. Not even for Amazon. Oh, okay. I didn't upload anything. Huh? Yeah, I was more comfortable with that, I suppose, because I don't want the wrong one going out. I've heard so many horror stories of people. And I don't know whether it's human error or Amazon error or whatever platform error. So. All the correct files are uploaded now. So, and my new book is also um, chugging along. And do you know what? I was thinking this week, it's really strange writing this book uh, while I've still got the other one yet to launch. But there's nothing else I can do because you know, uh, there's it, this one's been so long in the making. Um, I'm having to write in the gaps in between because normally I can't multitask on stories. But, you know, this one is over. Like, you know, I've, I stopped writing this story um, a couple of months ago. So I have got the headspace for it. But I don't normally do it. So it's, um, yeah, it's a bit weird to be so far along in another book. <laughs> but there you go. I, I am another 20.
1: When's the editing date for that one?
0: It's not a hard and fast one, but it's kind of the end of late August.
1: So we both have August deadlines. Mine says in the beginning. It should be fun in the next couple of weeks.
0: Oh, it's going to be a fun August. Let me tell you that. while everyone else is is having a loungy summer (laughs) i'm gonna be up in my office sweating away going damn it why won't this why won't this book work and then i'm gonna have a harry Kane moment where i score a hat trick and it's all gonna be fine i also got um i think i might have mentioned this before but i got new covers for the long weekend um i haven't done anything with them uh as yet but i'm planning to do (laughs) i'm planning to upload them in august everyone i've had actually had readers contact me say when are the new covers for the long weekend going i did not realize anyone cared really but me but apparently people do so uh yeah i've got them i just need to put them up even my cover designer actually contacted me and said did the was the print cover okay because you know sometimes the print covers they get kicked back for spurious reasons from the platform from the um People, you put them up, but I said, oh, I haven't actually uploaded it yet. You know, he gave it to me about two months ago. He's like, okay. Because before, until <laughs> until I give him the yes, it's fine. He can't invoice me, so he's probably sitting there going, God damn it. That's
1: a long time. <laughs> I think you should do it. I think you should just take care of it so you can pay this poor man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the other thing was I commissioned the cover for my new book as well this week. Uh, that was my, from my other cover designer. And she's got a very uh, a new system now that you have to put a lot of stuff in. She's got like a form that you fill in. With all the details on it. So I did that. And I had a printer fail as well, TB. So printers, they're a law unto themselves, aren't they? I printed out. You'll be really pleased. I was really pleased that I had my printer when I printed out my whole book to do the print proof. You know, that was good. And I did it on double-sided and I managed to feed it back in the right way. And I, I was feeling very proud of myself. And then I was just trying to get three fucking pages to print. No, your printer is offline. It's not. It's not a fucking line. And the other thing. Uh, last thing to update you on is my new workspace search. I haven't done anything else about it because I've just been too busy with the launch uh, over the last little while. But although I had, I registered with a, a nearby one that's opening last time I spoke to you?
1: You said there was a one that was closer, that was cheaper. Right, But okay. the one that was further away was the posh one and you were yes. torn.
0: So the, so the closer, cheaper one. Uh, I've registered to have a tour, but they're not doing the tours till later this month. So I think it might be actually next week as this goes out the 19th. It'd probably be like the last week of July. So I can update you more because I don't know what it looks like. But obviously it's a third of the price of the other one. So uh, and it's closer. So it would be a more convenient option um, as long as it, you know, as long as I'm not just sitting in a sparse room. I want some comfort.
1: What counts as comfort?
0: A nice chair, a nice environment. You know, the other one is just so she, she, I am still going to go and try that out for a day, whether I'd use it enough to warrant the outlay month on a monthly basis. Um, I'm still, I'm going to iron, but I'll, I'll go and try it out and see.
1: See, I would, I would prefer the most barren part, like just a desk, blank walls and a computer that's all i need because then i get distracted so easily as we're recording i'm playing with one of my easter toys so i just i'm easily distracted
0: <laughs> she is dear listener she's playing with a pink easter bunny <laughs> yeah
1: it's one of those it has like sand in it so i can keep squishing it
0: all right uh comments what you got
1: we have two comments today uh one's from twitter Neen thought uh the rainbow can i posted a photo of from, that was when I found the, the wine in the can. Neen thought it was an awesome can of wine, and uh, Neen also said it was great to have us back after our break. Also, we had a comment on our website from Emmy Tudor, a fellow lesbian author. Emmy enjoyed our half year uh, check in and how we dealt with our story issues. I think, did we both deal with our story issues, like dis- ditching the story? Because I know I ditched the Miracle Girl, and you ditched your your other one, right? That was, you mm. knew there was something wrong? Yeah. That's how we dealt with it. We ditched them. <laughs> we're just like, screw it. We're not gonna figure this out right now. We'll figure it out later. And then I do have a Twitter update. The last time I asked for help, we had we were narrowing um, in on zeroing on two hundred. Now we're closing in on four hundred followers. So if you wow. want to help us out to get to that four hundred mark, that would be perfect. Whoop whoop. So, but dude, yeah. Dude. yeah. And I do have to get better about um, tweeting out the episodes. <laughs> Again, I just have to mention I'm almost 50 in some of these things. Like, I forgot to schedule a uh, actual publication date for a book. Uh, I need a lesbians who write Twitter schedule I need to start following. Uh,
0: are, you, are you saying that I'm giving you all the graphics and you're not using them? Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, I did actually tweet uh, out... The rainbow can one, and I didn't have the graphic yet, so I just put the photo of me with the rainbow can because it was the Pride episode. Okay. And then, like, literally 30 minutes later, you sent me. I was like, motherfucker, I should have been patient. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's probably good to put a face on a on a tweet every now and again, anyway, isn't it? So you're just mixing it up, you see?
1: Yeah.
0: Good job. I, I try good to job. Send out
1: a, I try to send a couple out a week. I try to say, like, you know, reason number one and why you should list, and if and if. Uh, if listeners want to help me out and supply reasons why uh, people should listen please help me out that would be
0: nice please help tb just help her somebody right let's get on to the topic at hand which is translations tb have you got anything you want to say about translations or shall i just uh, take this away and you can ask me questions as we go
1: translations for me is it's definitely something I am interested in I don't know if I want to do it on my own and what I mean by that not translate obviously because I can barely speak English I don't know if it's something where I want to hire a translator because I don't know translations are hard you have to it's not just like an exact translation word for word you have to get the feeling and the emotions and all the feels and everything you have to get it just right And there's reasons why there are awards for translations. So, again, it's something that's on my radar, but I don't have the comfort level to steer it on my own. It would be something where I'd have to find companies that I would want to work with who have already done the hard work and figured out the translators who just aren't phoning it in, but who actually understand the big responsibility. I mean, because a translation can really changed the story just one word in the wrong place um it changes the whole emotion so yeah so I'm curious to see what your experience is since you are further down this path than I am it is but it is something I want to do I just need to figure out how to get that done
0: yeah so translations so I have it was one of my goals um a few years ago to get some translations done and to be honest I didn't do that much about them. I did uh, emailed a couple of authors uh, and asked them which were the translations that I should be doing so which languages. Now, a lot of people think that you should go for the obvious languages like Spanish or Mandarin or Hindi because they're the most spoken languages in the world. But it's not it's not the case. Because it doesn't matter how prevalent languages are spoken in the world. The thing you've got to think about is what's the reading culture like in the countries where those languages are spoken, but also what is the digital economy like? Because you've got to remember that you're going to be selling in a digital world. So other people in that country, or the people who speak the, that language, are they used to buying uh, digital products and they're, they're used to reading on Kindles or whatever e-reader they've got. What's the digital economy like? What's their reading habits like? That's the two questions you need to ask. So when I, when I asked a few authors that have done translations, the four countries that kept coming up again and again were France, Germany, Brazil, and Italy. Uh, so Spain didn't factor. Now that doesn't mean if, if you did a translation in Spanish or one in Mandarin or one in Hindi, I'm sure it would pay off in the long run, but it's a very, you've got to think long-term. If you want some uh, returns now, those are the four uh, next digital economies that are going to feature reading heavily. So, uh, and you have to remember that the US, although it is the leading digital economy and reading economy, it does make up less than 10% of the world's reading population. So the rest of the world needs to come into consideration and the rest of the world is out there for you to conquer. So that's an exciting thing to think, isn't it? The UK is generally about, (laughs) if this laughing at me, (laughs) are you not excited? (laughs)
1: I just love how you say to conquer. Oh, this was flashing back to the British Empire. All right, okay. <laughs> like, oh, so very British of you. We need to go and conquer the rest of the world.
0: <laughs> Look, that wasn't my fault. All right.
1: Son percent on clear light in books. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go and plant my digital flag in all these countries. Yeah. I'm not about... I don't I don't want to divide and conquer. I want to unite and conquer, TB. That's me. So the UK is about five years behind the US in digital economic maturity. That is kind of the non-scientific... Uh, that's my non-scientific uh, analysis.
1: You're using numbers. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> this is true. No idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you have to remember also that most people still don't read dig- digitally. So uh, there are still more print books sold than e-books. So... You know the market is everyone a lot of people will tell you that the market is shrinking it's not that's baloney she says using an american term because we don't actually eat baloney over here (laughs) what you need to take away from this is that germany they reckon is about five to seven years behind the uk in its digital reading economy and so that is getting exciting because you think about the uk seven years ago that's when i started publishing digitally um i think about even the us seven years ago the landscape was a lot more clear, right? And there was a lot more opportunity uh, in them, their hills. So, and Germany is that now. And France and Italy are a couple of years behind Germany and Brazil is about on the par with that. So the translations you should be interested in right now if you're thinking about doing them are Germany, France, Italy, Brazil, for those reasons. So that was something that took me about five years to understand. So if I've just saved you those five years, I'm pleased. You can, as I say, you can go for the other languages, but they won't take off as quickly because the digital economy is not there. Um, so the question that you should think about is, So what, how should you do it? Should you go publisher or should you do it yourself uh, like we do um, with our titles in English? It's a big question when it comes to translations. And I've been doing, um, I have so far gone via publishers. So the publishers have approached me. So um, I do it via Ilva Publishing in Germany. And I do it via editorial bookmarks in Brazil. So they approached me and requested the rights. I signed a contract and then they take care of all the translation, all the publishing and all the marketing. To be honest, that's a huge headache off my shoulders because <laughs> I don't see how I'd have the time to do it. I, I mean, I know that there's some people that can just slot all these things in, but I'm not one of those people. And frankly, I didn't sign up to become an independent publisher and author so that I could work every hour in the day I like to have time off I like to have a not too busy schedule it's why I only write three books a year I don't want to do anymore I can't while keeping myself sane so and having the time to do all the things I want to do so there are downsides obviously I lose control uh, of the product but when and when it's in another language it is maybe be slightly easier to lose control <laughs> of it for me, for as far as I think. Um, obviously, I get less royalties, but that is the trade-off, right? If you were doing this and you were publishing via Kindle or the platforms, you get the same amount royalty. So you'll get anywhere from fifty-five to seventy percent royalty. Obviously, with a publisher, it will depend on what you negotiate in the contract, but it's a it, but it's a lot less, right? So, the, but my German books, are, I've got two books out in Germany now it's going swimmingly all i had to do was sign negotiate a contract and then sign a contract and then it's done and then i get some german titles uh, in the post there's so there's so many plus points to having a, a publisher as i say because then you'd have to do all the uploading in german you'd have to speak to people doing all the all the covers and the editing and the proofing in German and if I was doing it I don't speak German so I don't know if it's a good translation or a bad translation and I don't know if it's a good proof or not and also in Germany you can't repeat a title so you know like in uh, the UK and the US and everywhere else in the world I I think you can titles they're not trademarked in Germany they are so you can't repeat one so you have to come up with a new title so yeah and you have to do all the marketing in a different language so for me it's easier for me to give it to someone else to do, and sign away the rights. Um, so the translation, as well, as TV was saying, it is a real skill, and don't underestimate it. Um, it takes a long time to translate a book. It takes almost as long as it takes to write the original book in the first place, because in the end, the translator is rewriting it. And you have to have a translator that understands the words and the nuances and the language that they are translating from and into. Uh, it has to be a person whose uh, native language is the tongue that they're tra- is the language they're translating into so don't get someone who's done two years of German to do your German book. It has to be somebody who natively speaks that language and they have to understand all the UK slang that I put in um, and they have to be able to uh, I've got a lot of motions in my books and they have to be able to translate all that now I did think about doing it myself as well so because I've got those four countries right so I've got German and Brazilian publishers so I'm thinking maybe I will try doing it myself in France or Italy and I got inspired by a podcast I heard on Joanna Penn the Creative Penn podcast where a woman was talking about how she did this in in Italian and she hired this guy and he translated four of her books and she released them all quite quickly they're in a series so I think that helps Uh, and she recouped the money within six months and I think that's really good so I contacted her translator because she said he was good and cheap. And that's the holy grail in translator land. <laughs> it's a bit like getting a good and cheap editor. They're, you know, They are a needle in a haystack. So I uh, gave him a 1,000 word passage from Before You Say Do And I sent it off and I got it back. Uh, and I asked my mailing list, hey, is there anybody who speaks Italian on this? And I got uh, quite a few volunteers. So I sent it off to them, the original and the translation. And I asked them what they thought. And most people, I think I one person said it was okay, but that most of them said it was perfectly fine translation, but they also said it was too literal and the emotion was sucked out of it. So I told the translator, thank you for your time, but I'm, I'm not gonna go with you. And that's absolutely fine to do. Translators will do you a thousand word sample and then you can find out. Do they understand exactly what you're doing? Now, this guy, he's very busy. He's a very popular translator. Uh, so I'm sure he does a really good job on all those other books but he just wasn't right for me. So you've got to find the translator that's right for you. So my Italian translator search is ongoing as might be my French one, but I do want to give it a go doing it myself. But there's so many things to think about and all those things that I said about getting a publisher still stand. How do you know the translation's good? Uh, How do you know the proof's good? How are you gonna do the marketing? How are you gonna upload it all in the backhand? It's just like things like, you know, trying to upload the Kindle file and it'll all be in Italian. i'll be like oh my god so there's all those things to think about but if you do want to do it yourself you can use there's a service called babel cube which um i may use there's also um and and they will take your book and pair you with a translator uh and then you can i think there's probably a set price i'm not sure there's also a company called translatebooks.com and they translate books into german Um, And I'm sure there are probably going to be other languages coming soon. So this is run by Joseph Alexander, who's um, quite a famous uh, indie publishing superstar with his guitar books. And he set up a service purely to translate English books into German because he knows that that's the next big market. So uh, translatebooks.com is another option. I did look into that. And here we come up to the final barrier to entry. As well as you're translating into a language you don't speak and therefore can't judge when it comes to the actual product is money. So if you're gonna do it yourself, translations are expensive because it takes time to rewrite and edit a book. So you have to pay for the translation, the editing and the proofing, and the cover, and all the marketing. So I think you'll struggle to come out of it with much less for much less than five thousand pounds, is my guesstimate, which is about seven thousand dollars. About right, T B?
1: <laughs> Roughly. Are you saying it would cut? that's the fee to translate to a German using this particular website it'll be about 7k
0: i don't in, know what it, i yeah i don't know what it is on uh, babel cube but um yeah roughly for the size of the book that i had um to get uh, it translated and then get the marketing materials and the cover they'll do you a cover as well it's all like part of this service uh, about five mm-hmm. grand about 5 grand so you know which
1: is a significant amount of money that's more than we would spend for an indie book yes so uh, one of the ones we put up in english that's that's more than I, I don't
0: spend five to seven k. No, neither do I. But so yeah, that's it's a it's a huge it's a huge barrier for entry. Yeah, absolutely. Which is one of the reasons why you'll probably go with a publisher, right? If you can. Uh, but obviously, it takes this publisher that they still have to pay all the same. Like they probably won't pay that as much because they'll probably know people in that country, right? Who they work with um, all the time. However, translating a book is just like rewriting it. So. It is a huge barrier for entry, um, and you don't even know if you're going to pay for something that's that's good. So I'm sure there are variations, and um, this guy that I that I did um, ask to do me the sample, he was a lot cheaper than that. But so I'm sure you could, probably could get variations of it. You probably get it a bit cheaper. But at the moment, the barrier to entry, a huge one, is money. I think that there are some authors, uh, translators who would accept a royalty split, but I'm I'm not sure how you'd find them. So there are uh, many, many barriers to doing this yourself. So at the moment for me, I'm doing it via via the publishers, but I will take some time uh, to do one myself as well, because I want to see how it works. But obviously the key thing then is to get one book done and then two books and then three books, because just like in English, uh, if you've got one book in a store, in a certain language. Once readers have read it, they've got nowhere else to go. So if you can get two or three or four, then they will, if they like one, they'll buy you other three, and then the books start selling themselves. So backlist is where it's at, but again, money is the issue.
1: So with your uh, Brazilian publisher, did you just sign one book or are they doing another one in your back catalog?
0: So at the moment I've just signed one and they're gonna see how that goes, I think. Um, they've expressed an interest in doing a couple more, but uh, again, Uh, i think they're going to see how this one goes because they've never done a a lgbt uh, plus book before so this is their first foray into that market so this one is actually going in ku in brazil so we'll see how that works whereas my german ones don't go into ku in germany uh they're just for sale and they're for sale wide so you know uh, because it is a different product it's a different book so you can you can choose however you want to do it but yeah it'll be interesting uh and who knows maybe i will maybe i won't do both french and italian myself but maybe i'll go to a publisher but you know it's 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 money and it's time for the publisher too so it's not easy to find a publisher as well
1: yeah
0: and how many books is ilva doing they uh, they i've signed four books with them okay. and there's two out and two in production Okay. But, but, you know, the production time frames as well are long because they have to slot them into their mm-hmm. schedules and get the translation done. So the production time frames are probably like uh, anywhere from one, one, one to two years.
1: I mean, even just with normal, um, not translated books, but with publishers, it's a longer process than it is for indie.
0: So, um, you know, at the moment, I am still in the early days of it. And I think it is early days for generally for independent publishers to take this next step right because i was looking at um there's been quite a few different uh, lesbian romances and lesbian rom-coms come out via mainstream publishers uh, in the last sort of two years and i was looking i've interviewed a few of them for my the podcast the few of the authors and looking at their um kindle page i see that i see all the different translations so if you're with a mainstream publisher this will just be done for you right um mm-hmm. if you're with a big big five publisher they'll just they'll have all the connections and uh, all your books will just automatically be translated but independent publishers it's a bit like getting into bookstores it's the next sort of phase but the barrier to entry is so high <laughs> and even if you pay the money will we, we get a good product it's very tricky so um i i imagine that in the next sort of five years there'll be service a lot more services popping up to reduce the cost probably uh, and just to make it easier for you to do it because this instance.com they make it easy for you to do it in German. And I'm sure there'll be other um, services like that popping up. Um, there must be other ones other than Babel Cube. Yeah, I, I think it will become easier. It's a bit like audiobooks. The barrier to entry for those was huge, a lot, a lot higher at first. And now it's gradually coming down a little bit. And technology will as well, right? Technology will, translations, you'll probably be able to do it just with a click of a button.
1: Oh, I was just curious. I was like, i wonder wondering if anyone has ever tried, like, a whole book in Google Translate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'd really trust that either.
1: <laughs> that would be kind of... It would be a funny experiment just to see... What it is, but yeah, it would be kind of funny if someone did that. Yeah,
0: I I think though within the next five to ten years, you're, you the AI will, will come on a lot, and then you'll be able probably probably will be able to do it with the touch of a button. But then you'll probably have to pay someone just to uh, go through and clean it up and make it make sense. But I think obviously putting it through Google Translate would be uh, hilarious. Probably not the book you'd probably want. It would be worse than the first draft.
1: I wonder if it would just be like a funny farce, like. <laughs> you weren't actually intending to sell them but if you just did like a website based of these it would be funny <laughs> but yeah I don't recommend that's why I haven't done uh, translations yet because I need to do more research into it and I don't want to just put something out there that someone's like oh I, I I can do this for you for cheap that's what I was saying like with translations like it's very easy to do like you can get a dictionary out and do a very strict translation but it does strip out all the emotions and we write romance and that's yeah. the main driver of romance. So if you don't have any emotion in it, it's just going to be a very boring book. Yes. So yeah. it's a it's a tricky one.
0: It is a tricky one, uh, and it just goes to show that you know if you if you have somebody who's an experienced translator, which uh, the woman who translated before you say I do, was, is, she's she's still translating. She's not dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> touch wood. I'm touching wood. Um, yeah, she did a fantastic job because it's up for an award in Germany. And, you know, I would never, ever have thought that. You know what I mean? It's like it didn't cross my mind <laughs> that this might be up for an award. So clearly she did an amazing job translating it. I wish I could tell.
1: Tra- <laughs> yeah, translations are huge. They do have awards and they do like, not that you do book clubs, but I have done book clubs with um, where you had to buy a certain translation in order to participate because otherwise she would be talking about a different book.
0: Oh. Ah. So, you mean you can get different translations? Uh, uh, you know. Well,
1: just, just it's not that big of a deal, but like, yeah, the, there are some people who take their translations so seriously. If you wanted to be involved, you had to have, like, because they would. these were, like, the award winning and the best, like, feel. And this is why books get translated again and again and again. And, like, everyone's like, oh, wow, this one's an even better version of the last one. So, yeah, it's a competitive business.
0: Really? It's very competitive. That's so weird. I've never heard of a book being translated more than once, apart from the Bible. So uh, (laughs) maybe we can have the King James version of Before You Say I Do. I'm looking forward to it. Before the sack, it will, version 12.
1: (laughs) There you go. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, they do have different translators, especially over the years. Like if you're translating like an older book that was written 100 or 200 years ago. um, Yeah, they they do still get translated by Hmm. different ones. There you go. Good.
0: What you have to remember is, then, it's just another little income stream that will come trickling in, and hopefully, then, if you just keep adding your books, then more people will find them and more people will read your backlist. And it's the same principle that we work on every day with our English books. But you know, there are issues with it, as in, you don't know what you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> you don't know what don't know what the what anything says or how it reads, and um, it's expensive. But give it a go if, yeah, the, you, if if you want to, but I think within five to ten years will be the landscape will be very
1: different. yeah, the income stream for something you spent 7k to um, put out I mean that's gonna take a long time to get your money back mm. before you're before you're out of the red in that one. yeah I mean I don't I don't know how big the market is in certain this for um, lesbian fiction or anything so I would be curious to see. I mean, obviously, if you were like translating um "Girl in a Train," yeah, you probably can make that back easily. But if you're translating something that is not as popular as "Girl in a Train," I don't know why it's on my shelf. That's what I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. Yeah, that would be a big investment.
0: It would be a big investment uh, to test the water. It would be a big gamble, uh, but it might pay off. You just don't know. I think it's a bit like audiobooks. Some of them just hit, don't they? And then some of them just meander along. And I think from from my very limited knowledge, I think that that's what happens with translations.
1: Yeah, and there's no easy way to guess because I've had certain like eBooks that were huge and then when I released the audio, they're not as big or I've had the opposite happen where an eBook that has been released, you know, had a steady release, but then when I released the audio, it just went through the roof. So you just, you never know. So I would, I would caution people who are listening to know what they can spend, know what they can lose to test the waters. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say, oh, you go full steam ahead and without knowing everything, because it's still unknown in lesbian fiction right now. Yes, it
0: is. But if you are a German uh, lesbian fiction author uh, listening, and you can just, German is your native language, why not write a book and uh, put it up on the German site or French or Italian? Um, because, you know, then that's not a translation. That's just you writing the book. Then it's just your time you're investing. As we do all the time, but yeah, uh, I I would say that if if you've had a book that's done well in um, the UK or the general market, the English language market, if it's done well there, then it's more likely to do better in the trans translated as well. So take if you're going to take a chance, take a chance on the best selling of your books.
1: Wasn't that the title original title of One Golden Summer until we crammed Summer into it? Take a chance. Could have been. Was it? I can't remember. <laughs> I thought it was. But now that I said it out loud, I'm like,
0: hmm, not sure. All right, well, do let us know what you think. Are you going to be heading into translations? Are you going to wait until the technology catches up and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Um, let us know. Uh, hit us up on the website, com. Email us, lesbiansyourwrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us at lesyourwrite and Instagram me. And join us next week when we will be discussing something fresh and juicy, right TB?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I went to a different.
0: <laughs> she's gone double, she's gone to double triple fisting again. All right. <laughs> Until then, stay safe, keep writing.
1: Bye everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to Lesbians You Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee and sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.